Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Joining me today is Riva Lazonski, CEO and founder of GrowBiz Media. After starting out in small business journalism, she decided to start her own content marketing company to help small businesses. Can't wait to hear more about your journey, Riva. I am a very big advocate of SMBs. Um, you know, so therefore, it's true to my heart, and I'm excited to have you on this episode today. Thanks a lot for joining me. Oh, I'm excited too. I, a man who has all those wonderful books in back of them, I think we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> yeah, like I have a lot of interests. I enjoy uh, growth. I love learning, uh, continual learning. And with the space I'm in, which is SEO, it's always evolving. So I need to be on the post. And therefore, I need to continue growing, absorbing, and changing myself. So um, let's start off with you. So can you share with the audience members uh, a little bit about your backstory, your history? Uh, I know you started in journalism. Where are you from? How did you get into that industry before you pivoted to move on to your own uh, business yourself? So... I think my story has a lot of touch points that people are going to say, oh, yeah, that was like me. So I was I grew up in New York on Long Island. I was born in New York City and I grew up on Long Island and um, I became a journalist or I went to J school because back when I was a teenager, women didn't have a lot of choices of what they could be. Um, and the world was very narrow. And I can remember a conversation with my guidance counselor in high school where he said, oh, okay, let's talk about your future. You can be a teacher. Like he had made up in his mind that I was going to be a teacher. And I was like, I like teachers, but I don't think I want to be one. And that kind of threw him for a loop. And then he told me I could be a nurse. And then he told me I could be a secretary. But really, I was too smart for that so I could be a teacher. And I was so desperate to not be a teacher. Um, I said, uh, uh, I want to be a journalist. So I, I had no thought about that before. So he was shocked. I was shocked. But I ended up going to J school. And um, I, after J school, I came back to New York. And I was working in book publishing. And it snowed one winter and I was like, why do I live here? This is the United States of America. There are states where it does not snow. So I I had a friend from college who lived in LA and I went to visit her and I was like, this is life. And I moved to Los Angeles. And just when I was about to have to go back home because I didn't have a job, I couldn't find a job. I answered an ad in the LA Times that used the word entrepreneur in it. And I didn't know what that word was. This was back in 1978. I didn't know what the word was and the word was not in my dictionary. So I was like, I'm gonna go to this address and I have no idea what this is. And I was hired and um, that's how I ended up covering 
small business. I grew up in a you know small business environment. My dad had his own business. My grandfather's had their all you know local retail stores, um, and so the rest is kind of history. And in 2008, I just was like, why am I doing this? Why am I working for somebody else? I'm going to go out on my own. And um, I have a partner, and we have a content creation company. So there's that huge gap, right? Yeah. Of working for someone for so many years, decades, I would say. Yes. Uh, what did you learn and what did you like and what didn't you like? And did you move around during those years um, before you started your own company? So I was, you know, in, I was in the editorial department the whole, the whole time. And um, I, I love words like you, you know, you surrounded by those books. I think words are so powerful. You can um, create so much, you can help people so much with the words you share, whether it's verbal or written. Um, I love to read. I love to write. So, which is why I went to J school, I guess. And so that, that was the part I loved. The part I didn't love was um, working for people who didn't necessarily put employees first. I'm a very, if you take care of your people, they will take care of you kind of person. And the company I was working for was not. And I thought, this is, this is crazy. I'm making all this money for somebody else and I'm not getting to live my best life. I'm not getting to live the life I want. They're, they're, you know, it's, con it's control in a sense that is control for control's sake. Because um, I don't think bosses are bad necessarily if, if they're collaborative. Um, but this wasn't a collaborative environment anymore. And so I was like, I'm out of here. And that's what I did. I just left and said, I'm going to do this on my own, inspired by years of reading about other people who took that same journey. So how long did it take you? Uh, because there's that mind shift that, you know, you're an employee, stable income, salary, pension or whatever, 401k and stuff, matching security to then yes. go out on your own, to then find clients, service them well, collect money. There's all these other pillars yes. that are important of running a business. So how did you overcome that? And, you know, maybe share with the audience members, like, what did you do to sustain yourself and not fall through the cracks? Because a lot of people can't, you know, last a couple of years, right? Right. So you have to be prepared. I, I, I started, I should have left 10 years before I did, right? I was in, you get comfortable, even though the situation is not maybe ideal. It's just so easy to get comfortable in that situation. And it's not about, it's not lazy. It's just, it's, and it's not even about being afraid to leave your comfort zone. It's just the comfort of what you know, right? So you, what you know, you're surrounded by people you like working with and you, you, you stay there and you get stuck. Um, and so when I finally left for a whole bunch of reasons, I don't really, you know, there was a lot of changes um, where I was, but then I was, you have to be prepared. So I didn't take a salary for two years. Um, I had had 
some money saved up. So that's, that's hard. That's really hard. I mean, I put a huge dent. I went through a lot of money. I live in Southern California. It's not cheap to live here. So that was, um, that was kind of scary that, you know, I kept churning through money, but I was also lucky enough that I had built up a reputation in that industry that um, finding initial clients was not that difficult because people knew who I was, knew what I'd done. And um, I, I was working with, uh, you know, people who I'd known for a long time um, that I had come across along the way. So I've been in business, it's a long time now, you know, 13 years since 2008. And it's still, there are ups and downs. The pandemic was tough, um, you know, on, on because people stopped spending money, you know, when you're relying on other people still, you know, that's the thing you have to realize as a business owner, you're never, it's not about, oh, I can do whatever I want. You have clients. So you have to, you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, that they're kind of in control of whether they want to spend money, whether they want to invest. And so you either need to take care of them, or if all of a sudden they dry up, you need to find new clients. So it's a constant churn. I mean, literally a churn all the time. Yeah, so 13 years of starting this um, with your partner, and you mentioned the first two years was based on savings. Then did you start paying yourself? Did you start um, getting positive cash flow? Like what, what was the next several years before you started ramping up? Yeah. So then after, after two years, it was like, okay, we're, we're making money. And, um, I started taking it, you know, a salary and, and have been doing that ever since. I mean, I'm not, it's not, um, I'm not a millionaire or anything, you know, it's content. It's there's certain, you have to think about when you're starting a business, what your end goal is, right? That's the business you choose. If you want to get you know, is your goal to get wealthy, to accumulate wealth? Well, then you have to choose a business that makes that a little bit easier than one that maybe limits the maybe amount of money you can make, but lets you do what you love to do. So it's, um, you know, it's really, it's funny. People have, you have different dreams and aspirations at different points of your life. And so it's about be comfortable with the choices you make <clears throat> at that time that you're making them and making sure that fits in with your, with your lifestyle. You know, I already owned a house. It wasn't like, um, okay, I'm going to start a business and it's a choice between saving for a business or saving to buy a house. I already owned a house. I didn't have kids. So I didn't have to worry about putting any kids through college or anything like that. So, you know, life is a constant series of choices that you're presented with and you, you make a choice and it takes you down a certain path and you can always make a different choice to change that path or just continuing down the path that you're on. And I love the fact that you mentioned like your life, your journey is completely different from any other entrepreneur's SMB. And therefore, people have to make choices, different perspective, different situations and diff different life events throughout those years. And you're going to go through different paths like you went through 
becoming known in the industry with some reputation, I would say, establishment. Therefore, it was a lot easier to jump in because you knew what it took. You've had a lot of schooling, training, and skill um, to then you know, proceed to try something that you know fairly confidently how to approach it. And a lot of entrepreneurs or new, new business owners just jump in without knowing yeah. what they don't know, right? And exactly. You, you probably were in your 30s, if not maybe 40s, when you jumped into business ownership. So that meant you were doing what you did for 10, 20 years, which is a skill set and years of real experience versus someone that comes out of university college with a dream, with, you know, they see a social ad or whatever, they see something that triggers them, a course, a book or whatever, thinking they can do it. But really, are they ready to do it yet? And timing is everything as well. So I love that. Yeah, timing is everything. And it's not only your personal timing, it's timing of the world around you, right? We launched in 2008. That was a recession in 2008, right? So you just have to, and you can't control that. You can't control, okay, I'm going to start a business and all of a sudden now there's a global recession going on. So you just have to, the, the whole key to success in small business is, and we certainly learned that last year um, in the pandemic, is being flexible, being able to pivot, to assess the situation at the moment and go, maybe that's not what I expected, but it is what it is. So this is how I'm going to meet that moment. (coughs) And this applies to not just SMBs. I mean, every business, right? You have to Mm -hmm. adapt with the users in mind, right? How are they navigating this product or service that you're offering? And what is going on in their situation? And how can you be an option for them. And, you know, for, for during this pandemic, it was challenging. And here in Canada, so, so I live in Toronto, Canada, we're still locked down. And it's, uh, you know, very challenging because it's been a year and a half. It's not like most of the cities in, you know, Southern California or Cal- right. versus New York. Everything's open. And it's been open for a couple months. So things have gotten back to normal, but we see optimism. We see there's opportunities yeah. coming and that's our positive thinking and hopefully in the minds of a lot of business owners. But the challenges, they're so, you know, they, they see the situation. They got to look at where they're at in their business mm-hmm. and figure if they want to continue, but plan it ahead, right? Yes. So. Planning is key. You know, they always talk about and nobody really knows where this number came from. I once tried to trace it. So everybody always says, you know, this person's 40 to 60% of businesses fail in the first however many years. And every, uh, so they used to say that was a Dun & Bradstreet number. And <clears throat> I knew some people at Dun & Bradstreet and they said, well, it wasn't really our number. It was an SBA number. And the SBA said, no, it wasn't really our number. Nobody knows. I think somebody made it up one day and started quoting it with authority. Um, so nobody really knows what that number is. But I think the number one reason businesses fail is because they don't plan. It's about planning. You have to be prepared not only make a plan, but understand that that plan may not work out the way you think and be prepared to like make a left turn and make a new plan. It's just, it's just a constant, 
it's a constant activity. You're never comfortable, right? You're never going to just be there and go, okay, everything's fine, right? It, it doesn't work that way, but that's okay. That's okay. I think that's part of being a small business owner is understanding and it's kind of fun. Like, how can I meet that challenge? It's, 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 um, it's sort of, uh, it's very satisfying when you sit there and you think about that and then you meet that challenge and like, yeah, I did it. And then just keep going till the next one. Yeah. And it's great that you're mentioning that because every business owner has to be decisive and they have to be ready for change Yes, and ready to pivot. But also, like you mentioned, constant change, constant yes. readiness, constant preparedness, constant planning. And even if you have this great business plan when you're first starting off, it's never what you expect in the real world. Right. Every statistic, every analytics tool that you went out and did some market research, then you go out and do some case studies uh, asking for clients. I mean, you have dream clients for sure, but how long will it take you to get those dreams? Right. Right. Uh, Like reality will kick in until you actually live it, do it. Just like not just business ownership, if you're a parent. If you have siblings, if you have different situations in your life, right? Unless you are one yourself, you cannot explain it to others how it's <laughs> going to be like. Because yeah. living as a parent is different than you being an aunt, not being a parent. Exactly. Right? So you don't really have their own perspective until you have it your own. Then you can relate. But until then, you can't. So I love this, where this is going right, right now. <laughs> so can you share with some of the audience members? Um, I know you've gone through a lot of uh, editorial training, writing, copywriting. Um, did you have like mentors or coaches along the way to really push you to be the best in your field or then start your own business? You know, it's it's very interesting, and I would assume um, in Canada it's it's similar to what I experienced here. I was on, um, I was a, a a girl, right in in the nineteen sixties. I was in high school in in the sixties, and there weren't a lot of role models for women. That's why the guidance counselor gave me these three choices and why I said journalism is because we used to get daily newspapers every day at my house. And I remember seeing women's names in the newspaper and that was it. That was my whole, okay, women write in newspapers. I can do that. Right. Cause I, I was always a good English student. So I was just like, yeah, I can do that. Um, and, and so I feel like I was, um, that there weren't a lot of role models because I was actually the first female editor of a general business magazine in the United States. So there were, I can remember when I was at J school. So I went to college in at the university of Missouri, because at the time it was the, the best journalism school in the, in the country. And they made you take um, a course in every journalism discipline. So I had to take a course in magazine journalism. And I remember sitting there in this lecture hall and this is in the 1970s and the the 
professor was talking about famous magazines, magazines my mom had was reading like Good Housekeeping and McCall's and they had a name, they were called the Seven Sisters and they were all aimed at women, right? Every single one of the seven sisters was aimed at an audience of women. And every single one of them, he said, was edited by a man. And I remember hearing that and going, what? Like, that was just shocking to me. Um, my mom had gotten these magazines. I never looked at the masthead or anything. But that was a shocking um, statistic to me. And I thought, whoa. And so then when I ended up, Several years later in the world of magazines, I was in a business magazine and women didn't, uh, you know, they hadn't been at that level. And so I was sort of like my whole generation, we were making it as we were going. So in terms of journalism or magazines, I really didn't have any role models. I kind of, um, it, timing is, is a lot of, key to success. And so I was at the right place at the right time, because in 1979, nobody knew what an entrepreneur was, right? Like I said, I looked it up in my dictionary, it was not there. Um, so I was at a place that was ahead of its time, in a sense. And then by sort of towards the end of the 80s, when it became very hot, I was already in place and there and I was able to, you know, become, like I said, the first female editor of a general business magazine. So in terms of those kind of role models, I didn't I didn't have them. I feel like my my role models were more um, people of courage. You know, I looked at, um, you know, from what my limited perspective, you know, somebody like um my favorite, I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. And so when I was growing up, I'm New Yorker, New York Yankees, Mickey Mantle. I just loved Mickey Mantle. And he had so many physical issues that he struggled with, but he overcame them. So those were the kind of things I looked at and was like, you can do anything. And I was lucky enough to have parents, um, particularly my father, I was his first, right? So I, I had a, after me, I had a brother, but I was the first and my father just was like, oh, here, let's go play catch. Let's and he always told me you can just do anything you want to do. Just whatever you want to do, just go do it. And for that sounds so silly today. But back then, it meant a lot to a girl because you couldn't do I was really good at baseball, but I couldn't play Little League. My brother could play Little League. And I was better than most of the kids on his team but I couldn't play Little League. So it's a lot of it is timing and serendipity and you have to meet the moment. It's all about meeting the moment. That's amazing. Um, I know the past 13 years, you probably had a lot of ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Can you share with the audience members um, some of the most challenging moments? How did you overcome them? And some of the successes, like what can you share with maybe the listeners that are just starting off? Like, what could you have done differently or what could you have prevented mm -hmm. just so that people have different perspectives of when they're starting their journey themselves? So I, th I think, um, yeah, the last, um, not last year, but the year before was a very challenging year. People, our clients, people didn't want to invest in content anymore. It was hard. We lost some jobs. Um, there were some months we did not get paid even some months last year. Um, 
that we 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 did not weren't able to to take a salary and so you just sit you have to sit there and go is this worth continuing you know it's a great idea we've done this but is there is there a there there and for me it was like yeah it's kind of circumstantial i think i think we'll be fine and knock wood we were we are but one of the things that i think that i would do differently if i were starting a business today my partner and i are both um i went to journalism school she majored in english we're both writers we're not business people in that sense and so everything the thing that comes naturally to us is the writing and the creating and the creativity the thing that doesn't come naturally to us is doing the books and understanding the other parts of business right and i think that i would at the beginning surround myself not necessarily on you know bring a partner but find um people you can outsource to who understand that so you don't waste your time trying to figure it out because i'm never going to be an accountant it's not going to ever happen so i like find an accountant you trust and just trust them you know keep your eye on it but trust them to do it and do what you do best don't try to do things that you are just not good at and and keep oh i can make this happen no do what you're good at and hire outsource the stuff that you're not that's a that's an important lesson i think uh, reva that i think you nailed it because really as a business owner you go out, went into business to serve others you know there's a need in the marketplace and people are willing to pay for the product or service that you're offering yet you're good at a certain skill set and you should continue getting paid to do that certain product or service with that skill set in mind and there's a lot of components of running a business sales and marketing operations fulfillment service accounting bookkeeping and then everything in between right and you have to acknowledge self acknowledge what you want to do because all these other facets stress you out lose sleep and irritate you for you to not focus to do the best work you can of why people pay you for exactly. and therefore at last you know even for myself i i've been in this agency world as local seo search for 8 years and at the beginning i was trying to figure things out myself I was strong in sales because I I spent 10 years in advertising sales working with thousands of business owners. So I knew I could sell and I brought in tons of clients. Then I had to figure out how to do SEO. I didn't really know anything. So I had to dabble into it. But then when I started hiring people, then I started doing things I hated doing, then I allowed me the freedom and time to do things that I'm more passionate about, doing things that I love, and I wake up every morning now excited. right yes. and this is yes. where you become in the best place of business ownership where you know where you're strong at you wake up doing what you love and everything else should have people in place contractors subcontractors in-house experts whatever it may be you hire people for yes. and once you do that and you have a system and you have processes you have everything in order then you actually look forward to going to work and that's a really good space once you're there but not a lot of people get to that space you're exactly right john it's it's about 
being strong enough to let go, to admit, I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything. Somebody else can know. I, I wanted, I'm in the process of changing my email address, right? And I spent days trying to figure this out and figure this out. And I'm like, I, I'm never going to understand it. I'm never going to do it. And we have um, people who web designer, right? And the guy who works with us on our, who maintains our website, um, I sort of just casually asked him, do you know what? And he said, what are you doing? Let me do it for you. And it was done in one day. I've been trying to do this for three and a half weeks. And yesterday he emailed me at one and emailed me at four and by four o'clock it was done. And I'm like, I'm so mad at myself that I wasted so much time trying to do this. Just let, let people admit that you, one of the things that a lot of people go into business because they want to be in control you cannot control everything. You don't have time. And so just let it go. That, that is the, the biggest lesson that I can tell people. Just let it go. If, if, it, if you can't do it, find someone else who can. And this is perfect because, you know, that's why you offer writing content. Yes. Because there's people in the world that are not strong at creative content that storytells, right? That ignites and gets people excited. I offer SEO because no one even knows what SEO is and let alone they <laughs> learn how to do it. And it's a very big bucket of a lot of terminology, trying to understand Google, understand users, and there's too many facets. So that's why we have an agency to satisfy this marketplace of business owners that just want results, right? So they want content from you and therefore hire an expert that you feel would be a good fit for your business that in alignment with all your values and alignment with what you want out of a relationship. And there's thousands of businesses out there. You just have to find them. And that's the key, right? Finding good people, yes. finding good suppliers, contractors, in-house outsource, whatever it is, you have to be in it in the mindset of, I hate doing this. I can't do this. And someone could do it fraction of the cost, fraction of the cost uh, time. And they love, what I hate doing. And exactly. once you figure that out, then you're in a really good space because then you can focus on what you really, really love doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, and it's amazing because it sounds so simple. It's amazing how so many people just, they can't get there. They just can't give up the control or they just don't feel comfortable and they just can't get there. And you're not going to be successful until you do. You're, you're just not going to be. So how many years did it take you to kind of let go and then figure out what you really enjoy doing and filling those gaps? I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, even though I would say if you'd asked me last week, yeah, I'm kind of there. Again, there is situational calm like this email thing. I thought I have to do it. It has to be so simple. I, I have to be able to do it. And it, it wasn't. And so then it became sort of like, oh, I'm going to do it. And like, what am I, what, what, what hill am I trying to die on here for to change an email address? Like, stop just, and you know, it's about, it's about asking for help. Um, 
I think that, or admitting you need help. That's another thing that a lot of business owners have a hard time doing. They don't want to admit maybe they don't know something. They don't want to admit maybe they failed at something. So it's about saying, I can't do this. I need help doing it and finding the best place to get that assistance. Um, it's sort of like what you do with SEO. SEO is incomprehensible to me. I mean, there are parts that I get and a lot of our clients are, okay, here's your article and here's the SEO terms we need you to weave in here. And here's what, you so I get that part of it, but it's so big and it changes constantly, right? Everybody's always changing the rules, changing this, changing that. You know, we've gone with clients saying, oh, SEO says write 600 word articles. Oh no, they say write 1200 word or, oh no, now it's not. I mean, it's like enough already. Just like sometimes I wanna like just blow up Google or something. That's not a threat or anything, anybody. It's just so frustrating. And so you have to just say, if I spent my time figuring that out, I wouldn't have time to write, right? So I'm in a like, okay, John, you do it. You figure this out for me so I can do this. And it's about, it's about building, you know, it's like Hillary Clinton said all that many years ago, it takes a village. It takes a village to do anything. So it's about building your village. And you might have several biz villages based on what it is you're trying to do, but you should build villages and give it to one of the other your fellow villagers and understand that they may give something back to you so it's not about just getting rid of responsibility it's about sharing responsibility doing what you do best letting them do what they do best and and you made a really good point of being vulnerable and letting people in on yes you may have really bad questions or questions that you feel like are very simplistic and but they're not right but for you anyway so it's different perspectives and there's people that love this stuff they love challenges they love things that you hate doing they know they can do it in a heartbeat because you acknowledge and understand that i i suck at this i get frustrated <laughs> at this i get stressed at this you do it you plan it you do things so that i can do the things that i love like this i have a team that does the pre booking and post editing and amplification. Mm -hmm. So I focus on what I enjoy doing. And that's exactly. why that excites me every day because I already have a team in place to do things that I don't like. And therefore you just have to get to that space because it takes time yes. to not just ramp up, build a solid team, people that actually understand what your whole ethos is all about and then have an alignment, right? Collaborate, make sure everyone's in the same goal and vision. Right. And be prepared. So like, <clears throat> let's say that you'd been running a retail business for a long time and everything was great, right? <clears throat> I don't need a website. You know, I love people coming into my store. I love doing all this. <clears throat> and now there's a global pandemic, which of course you did not anticipate and predict and nobody's coming into your store and you don't have a website. So you're behind all the other people who were like, okay, I don't love this online selling thing, but I'm going to build one to supplement or I'm going to build one just in case. And the world shifted on us. And those who were better prepared to shift with it, to shift to online shopping 
or food delivery or whatever it was that the pandemic, you know, um, fitness classes over Zoom, whatever that was uh, that the world made us give up and do, if we had already started down that path, we were in better shape than those who hadn't. I was on a, um, a, a seminar, a workshop earlier this morning, and one of the questions from a business owner was, I don't have a website, so how can I sell on social, social selling? And my answer was, you can sell maybe one, two things on social selling, but let's say I bought something from you and I loved it. And I wanted to tell my friend, oh my gosh, you've got to go get, what am I going to tell them? Go on Instagram and just wait for the ad to pop up. You have to have a website. It's just a must have. And people are still sitting there going, I don't know. And you're not going to, you're not going to last. You have to, you can't say we've always done things this way. So we're always going to do them because the world is going to change that for you. And if you haven't taken the steps to embrace the new technologies, you're going to get left behind. And like you mentioned, uh, all this new digital asset pieces, marketing channels, funnels, and different social sales, marketing avenues out there, you have to be in the pulse of what your customers are telling you and predict and project and listen and ask and probe because they will dictate how you proceed in your journey of business ownership. So I always look at digital assets. Yes, SEO, website design, marketing is great, but if your clients are saying, I love video and that's how I buy product from you. Go create your YouTube channel and start marketing on YouTube, right? Video creation. If they love Pinterest and they love graphics and magazine articles, sure, go Instagram, go Pinterest, go articles, images. Listen, right? Talk to your customers. Yes. Customer service. Listen to all the problems and pain points and deliver on whatever they, the gaps are. And a lot of business owners are not at that pulse of what's really going on because they're so far removed when they become comfortable. And this goes on when they're in business for longer, right? When you're in business 5, 10, 20 years, then you kind of move away from the daily operations and you don't really know what's really going on. Right, right. Get your rut. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot over the last couple of years. I mean, you know, yes, it's been eight years, but I'm constantly needing to upgrade, go to conferences, learn, read books, go to blogs, all this stuff, join communities because I need to. In this space, it's, if you're stagnant, you're, you're gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Especially in the world anyways. Um, so if, I just have a couple other questions. I um, wanted to ask you, um, you know, now that you've established yourself for 13 plus years, you're always changing, you deal with SMBs. What do you love best about the small, medium-sized businesses that really excite you today to keep you going? I love being able to help somebody see something differently, do something better. Somebody the other day um, on Twitter uh just tweeted at me about an article I had written and said it was about five things to do. And they said, I was doing all, you know, 
let's say one through four. And I thought I was fine. And I never thought about, you know, starting subscription services or something. And like, thank you for opening my eyes. That high from that thank you, like there's nothing you, there's nothing that makes you feel better knowing that somebody read something I wrote and was like, oh, I never thought of that. I'm going to do that now. And so that's what excites me every day to get up. And, um, it, and it's the constant balance because it's not just about writing. It's about reading, right? I go on Twitter because I have all these um it's my social medium of choice, but it's, I have all these categories where I can check and see what's going on in the world of small business today. Is there anything, you know, I need to share with people? Is there anything that I can do to support small businesses and get that out and then start thinking about, okay, you know, what am I going to write next? It depends on who I'm writing for and what assignments there are, but that's what excites me is the, is the idea that I can make a difference um, in somebody's life. That's, that's really the key for me. Yeah. I love hearing that. I mean, I think that's the reason you're on the show. Like we connect in that level alone by just giving, sharing and embracing what it takes to be a small business owner, how much hard work, determination, grit, and perseverance to not just endure challenges, but you put your sweat equity and tears into every single piece of it. And no one really understands it unless you're a small business yourself. And yeah. yes, there's a lot of corporate, there's a lot of marketing, there's a lot of money going out, out there, but we are the bread butter of every single community, city, yes. neighborhood. And we need to stick together. We need to you know, fend off the Walmarts, Amazons, and, and Costco's in the world because these are livelihoods of families that you know, put so much time and effort into their product and soul. And therefore the service, the value, the, you know, just putting everything out there on the line to not just, you know, it's not even to make millions, it's survival to support the family, to have a living. And they do it because they love what they do more so. So like you mentioned, like just making a small difference, impacting 1% at a time, either someone reading an article or you helping someone write a piece that makes you feel so good. And the same with with me, like SMBs, they don't know anything about SEO. I want to make a difference by helping them know that they went with a good company or agency, a contractor, and they can shop around, they can figure things out who they want to work with, but make the right decision. Focus on finding people that resonate with you, that you're kind of knowledgeable. So you're asking the right questions and then don't get sold because there's too many people out there that claim the fame, right? Yes. So do um, your homework, do your homework for sure. Exactly. Um, Last couple questions regarding um, you driving, what drives you today? and motivates you to continue pursuing what you're doing because you have been doing this for so many years, been in business for so many years, you know, yes, you you know, you, you kind of know a little bit about small business now, what motivates you today? Like what keeps you going? I I think it's, um, it's just kind of who I am. 
I'm a very curious person, right? So I want to, I want to learn. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly, that's like I said on Twitter, I have these different groups set up. It's not just about um, necessarily small business because the rest of the, what happens in the rest of the world impacts how your business has to behave. So you, you need to be well-rounded in your knowledge. And so um, I just, I'm, Oh, my motivation is I'm curious to know more. And my gift is to be able to know something and communicate it to my audience in a way that they can understand. And that's, that's just what drives me. I'm a, I'm a good communicator. Um, that's, you know, that's, like I said, that's the gift I have. I can, I can write, I can speak. And so I'm lucky enough that in my life, I found um, a career that I turned into a business based on the strengths that I have. And it still motivates me because I feel like when you stop doing that, when you, I don't think I'll ever retire um, because then what, like what, what, what? What do you have to look forward to? Like, what would I do? Like, I can't even imagine. Like, like, uh, well, I don't know. Like, knit. I have no idea. So, to me, it's <clears throat> it's acquiring knowledge and sharing, repackaging that and sharing it. That is the reason I get up in the morning, and I still, I'm still motivated and driven by that. And then until the day that that doesn't happen anymore, I will keep doing what I'm doing. And I don't think that day will ever come. Reva, that's awesome because uh, growth mindset is huge. And it seems like you have a skill of aggregating content, putting it into a way that your audience can absorb it, right? Because it's a skill that you already have possessed, but a lot of people don't even know where to start. So they trust you as a, a thought leader. And then it's all about like just pursuing what you enjoy doing. And it seems like that's what drives you, right? Continuing yeah. doing what you love now. Um, so I love hearing that because that's something dear to my heart, right? Like as much as I, I do SEO, I love what I'm trying to accomplish, which is supporting my team with their endeavors now, supporting my mm -hmm. clients to outside of not just SEO, but be a better business or a human, right? And there's things greater to just what your skill set is. And then you start building great relationships. And that's what life, that's the ripple effect and compound that you get out of things that you actually enjoy doing, connecting with people that resonate with you, making a difference in people's lives because you're giving constantly. And then you never know what's going to happen at the end because yeah. whenever things are bad, you never know what's going to happen. But it's karma. And I swear it's happened to me so many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's great because if you keep doing what you love, things are always going to be, the outcome will always be positive. John, we have the same brain where <laughs> I totally agree with you. <laughs> well, one last thing. I know this is a question I always ask clients uh, or, or people that are on the podcast. Outside of business, what are some of the real big pillars in your life that molds who you are, Reba? Because I know for a lot of people, like right now, I have a small child, so family is very important to me. 
Community is huge, right? What are some of the big pillars in your life today? So um, family is very important to me as well. I don't have children. Um, I have, and I'm, I'm 3,000 miles away from my family. I live in California. They live in New Jersey and um, Massachusetts, my nieces and nephews. Um, and they're of the age where they started having children. My niece just had a baby last week. Another niece is pregnant. Um, and I spend a lot of my time, um, you know, online with them, talking to them, sharing with them. Um, it's very motivating for me. So one of the things that I want everybody, and I don't want to bring anybody down, but we don't know um, how, how, what we, what we don't know how long we're going to be here. Um, I was the oldest of four children in the last two years. I've lost two siblings, both younger than me. Um, and so it's important to work your butt off, but it's also important to do what you love, to spend time with the people you love, to invest, um, what you have in them. Like I said, I don't have kids myself, my, but I have an, a niece and a nephew, you know, who lost their mom, who, at, at, you know, when they were, my nephew was in his early twenties when that happened. And so I, it, it's my job to step up, even though I'm, you know, 3000 miles away to step up, to be there, to be part of that. And to appreciate the fact that, that, I can do that and, and be there for somebody. So I think it's really important to understand what's important in your life and make time for that. Something as silly as my husband is from Minnesota and he loves the Minnesota twins. So we buy that baseball package and every day I watch the twins. I grew up a Yankee fan, but every day I watch the Minnesota twins with my husband and that bonds us, right? We, I love that time that I now know everything there is to know about the twins. I'm rooting for them. I'm doing, and so it's, it's that, it's something as simple as that is find what um, causes joy in other people and share that joy. This is amazing. I mean, Riva, um, there's, so many things there that I love because it's all about slowing down. People are always chasing, dreaming, wanting the things to be done and to hit milestones and get success in so many ways. But in reality, what is most important is the time you spend with people that really matter in your life, the relationships that are formed, the family and friends that you know that time is that essence right so therefore you make the most out of it you put in the time that you love doing things that you love let it be career aspirations business aspirations travel aspirations hobbies going to you know coffee lunch activities hobbies it doesn't matter right do things with people that match what you enjoy doing anyone that's negative or people that really degrade and push you down avoid them but yeah. you have choices. You can dictate your Yourself? life. And I'm it's good, okay to say you. no. And just oh, say, I'm are. busy. Perfect. Or whatever not, it is. Not the, because you they're draining. Them. And there's no, no you are in your not. life for that. If you allow it to happen, it will continue happening. 
and therefore you have to cut that you know tie very quickly and i've learned that as well and growing up like having different perspectives and sorry to hear about your siblings um and it's challenging because you probably wanted to spend more time with them but now you regret and therefore now i look at every time i have a moment i'll spend with my son every time i have a moment i'll go have coffee lunch dinner go out for a meal with friends and family that really mean a lot to me and I'm not making excuses. I make things happen. There's people that wait for plans. I'm the planner. I'm the initiator. Take everything and go yes. with it because yes. you're in control. And if you don't, you're going to live with regret. Right. Right. You're exactly right, John. You're exactly right. It's about, it's in your hands, right? We are in control of our own destiny. So, it's up to you. You can't blame outside circumstances. You can't say, oh, this was really bad because COVID happened. Yeah, COVID happened. You could do that. But how you reacted to that as a business owner, that's on you. And we all have that ability. We just have to embrace it and then take that and be proactive with what we can do about it. Yes, exactly. Well, thanks a lot so much. Uh, It's been a great conversation here, Reva. Yeah. Um, can you share with the audience members how they can reach you, check your website, or contact you for any of your services? Yeah, so um, I've been having trouble with my email, which is why I'm changing it. So right now, you can reach me at my personal email, which is Reva, R-I-E-V-A, Lasonsky, L-E-S, as in Sam, O-N-S-K-Y, at gmail.com. Um it should be fixed in a couple of weeks, but right now, or just hit me up on Twitter. It's just Reva, R-I-E-V-A. And cause that's where, where I'm checking all the time. And our website is smallbizdaily.com. Um, you can find me all over the web too. Just um, Google me. There's a <clears throat> lot of information. I had a really good post go up the other day on scores website. So even if you're Canadian, check it out. It's all about retail and how things are changing and what you need to do and what you need to be aware of. And um, I'm, I love to help business owners. So just ask me anything you want. And hopefully I can help you. Really appreciate your time and everything will be in the show notes. So thank you again, Reva, uh, for being on the show. You shared a lot of valuable insights with the audience members today. So thanks a lot. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.